the startup capital of the UK, Silicon Valley by the sea. Brighton is home to some of the most creative minds developing disruptive and purpose-led businesses. You're listening to the Brighton Startup Podcast, the show that brings you exclusive interviews with the founders, CEOs, and investors of the most exciting Brighton businesses today. With your host, Chetan Padia. Let's get started. Today, we'll be talking to Akshay Safsade, co-founder of Percept Imagery, who are bringing augmented reality, try before you buy, to online shopping. Hi, Akshay. Yeah, hi there. So tell us a little bit about you and your company. So I'm the co-founder of Percept Imagery. We are an award-winning technology company based out in Brighton. We've recently developed this really unique and amazing try before you buy augmented reality technology for businesses that are selling online. Uh, basically what the technology does is it allows online shoppers to evaluate a product in their own physical spaces and give them a new level of buying confidence for any product. And so far, we, we've getting some great traction for the platform and pe- people are quite enjoying the kind of experience it's offering compared to static 2D images or videos where you just scroll through them. But with our technology, you can actually see products in your physical space. So tell us about how that started. Perceptive is restarted as a 3D interactive experience company probably five years ago when me and my co-founder Rohan met. So we both come from a game design background and we had this idea of how to make visualization uh, not static and make it more interactive using 3D technology. And so we started doing it with mobile applications and, you know, especially for the architectural sector where you can freely move around a property uh, using a phone like a game rather than, you know, scrolling through blueprints or images. And that's where the idea started of how interactive 3D can shape up visualization in general in a really radical way. We then developed a VR collaboration platform specifically for the architecture and the construction industry where multiple stakeholders can collaborate inside a virtual space remotely and evaluate designs. For example, if you're an architect and you have a client somewhere, you know, in a remote location or, you know, some other country, uh, using a virtual reality headset, you can evaluate the design uh, with them sitting in your own office. So it can be your client, an engineer, an investor, could be anything. We built an entire cloud-based platform around this. And when we got some initial traction for it, we, we won some awards for a virtual reality platform as well. We, we were thinking about how do you bring the virtual into the real world? You know, virtual was, the virtual platform was mostly designed for internal teams to, you know, accelerate their communication and project deliveries and save them time and money on travel costs directly. So once that is done, we were thinking about how do we bring that amazing design and give the same experience to end customers in the real world. So that's how our idea of augmented reality, augmented reality started playing out. And then we started working on it. And as we worked on further, we realized that we have a completely, you know, new beast on our hands, which is online. You know, if you, if this works with online shopping, uh, it will literally change the entire industry. So the ease of use was the topmost priority that we, we were quite 
quite adamant from the start that it shouldn't be an app and people should just be able to use that in probably two clicks or two taps they they don't need to download an app you know because no one really down, likes to download an app and these days people are quite quite conscious with their personal information uh they're not going to give their personal information or their payment information to any random app and also it restricts the technology in a way because then everything is centered around that app um and it has to go because it's going through that app so we decided that it should work with the web um and that's how we kind of went backwards and tried a few different things how it could integrate with existing website so that it's quite easy for enterprises to you know use the technology and now we have a full fledged platform on our hands and enterprises can just uh you know deploy the platform probably in a few minutes time where all they need from us is one line of code and that's that uh also we recently expanded our distribution channels to Instagram and Facebook which is quite massive so all your user base and all your followers can get the same experience now on multiple you know your basically your entire digital presence yeah. so that's quite a big pivot from where you started maybe not in terms of technology but in terms of your customers and your market yeah. has that how has that changed the way you run the business uh yeah it was quite a big pivot because behind the scenes the tech works in the same way um whether it's ar vr or you know flat out 3d it it works the same way but the way you consume it it's different so the biggest barrier that we found out with the vr platform was uh even though you know we got a lot of praise and um a lot of acclaim for it um the, the there was a barrier to entry there which is people didn't have a vr headset on them uh to act to access it so even though they liked the whole thing but when they went back uh they were quite confused how are they actually going to use it because it, it was kind of too disruptive for its own good uh cuz uh they needed to first understand how where to get the hardware from even though we did provide that but still you know with it's like probably you can take the example of say the app store when it came out 12 years ago 13 years ago where if, if you would have gone to a business and said you know i have an idea for an app which can help you do this the answer would be uh, what's an app because <laughs> uh, that didn't exist then so it it's something with vr it was and still is something on those lines because people people are not exposed to the hardware um so that's how we we looked at it and we thought you know how do you make the technology more accessible and that's how the business model kept evolving in like achieving that accessibility for end customers we knew we had a really you know amazing technology build but if if no one's using it it doesn't mean anything so that's that's how our business model kept changing and then once that happens you see all kinds of possibilities because you know because we we are sending things out for people to test and they come with feedback to us you know and use it here as well here as well and that's how the whole business model evolved and we really consciously tried not to get carried away with the ar shopping platform like taking one step at a time so now what we have on our hands is a really scalable platform which is accessible to people basically anyone with a smartphone in their pockets 
So given this new world where actually your tech that you're building is accessible to virtually everyone with a smartphone, what's the kind of vision for the future? Online shopping is going to be the thing. It's, it's, it's already happening. Almost everyone buys off online. And according to a recent statistic, in two years' time, almost 50% of online shopping is going to happen on mobile phones. Uh, and like not even desktops, 50% on mobile phones. Uh, because there are going to be the networks to support that. And I think this is the right time for augmented reality to get into retail because it has the right kind of smartphone hardware to support it. And it has the networks that can handle all the traffics. And, you know, uh, Netflix is the best example how it scaled massively because it had the support of broadband penetration. Uh, without that, it would have never scaled. So this is the right time for augmented reality shopping experiences. And uh, most of the tech giants as well are, you know, embracing that now. So it looks really exciting where you're bringing virtual products into the real world. So it's, it's literally having your, your own entire inventory in someone's house. So you're kind of personalizing shopping. So that, that's what the future is, really personalized shopping experiences through augmented reality. So how did you get your first customers for this product? So we, we were working with an existing customer for a VR platform and as an extension to that so it was a company in the architecture space where you see a house uh, this is in a like you design a house in a specific way and these are the kind of products you need you know which are disabled friendly and so on uh, which are accessible so we first started with them that okay this is a disabled friendly kitchen and these are the accessories needed to achieve that kitchen design so for example, if it's a, a kitchen top, so how's, how's that going to look in my house with a real manufacturer? So we worked with this company and then they, they have the virtual experience with the VR headset. They, they see how houses are going to look like. And then once they're familiar with the idea, they switch on to the augmented reality platform where they see that actual product in their own house. So that adds a whole level of magic. Yeah. Even in retail, like we were working with another brand where they, they said they have their own showroom as well as, and they, they sell online. So the feedback that we got from them is any normal person, they wouldn't really step in our shop because it's luxury furniture. But with this, it's like we are putting our luxury furniture into someone's house who otherwise would have never, you know, even looked at our website, looking at the budgets and stuff or had a feel of that furniture in a personalized way so that that was a really good feedback we got from one of our clients amazing that's really cool can you tell me a bit about some of the best and worst moments so far in your business there are a lot of worst <laughs> oh, yeah. like what? Uh, probably 2019 that's <laughs> that like the entire year but uh the best moments were you know when we won a couple of awards. Oh, uh, the awards. Uh, so it was. They were from NatWest. Uh, obviously, we are, we are winners of the Serious Program, which kind of supports in, international startups. So that that was one of the best moments. You know, like your idea coming with this idea to Brighton. So that that was the best moment where all of this started. You know, real excitement and stuff. Then having our first prototype and the, the best moments 
are in like small kind of moments where we 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 suddenly see people's eyes go like that where when they when they see our products and you know they they just scratch their heads like how is this possible and how does this work and we were nominated for innovation and business at the Brighton and Hove business awards as well we were recently interviewed by the BBC but to top it all the best moment is when you get constant customers that's <laughs> a true businessman yeah, yeah. <laughs> because i've i've been through that cycle where you are because i know i'm developing something really cool and i've been in that thing where you're just trying to make yourself happy uh, okay this is this is cool now what's the next thing and you you get it's called the creators curse you're never happy with your work so we we kind of stop doing that and once we stop doing that and we're more focused on you know cuz we have real cash flow currencies and things like that became more customer focused and kept the artists inside us uh, on the shelf for a bit the external validations really helped yeah, yeah yeah then that kind of paves the way for everything cuz you're more focused you know what your customer wants cuz he's paying for it uh, if he doesn't like something or it something doesn't make sense to him they're not going to pay for it um and it's a new disruptive platform so it's it will it's like a constant learning curve uh but yeah the best moment is paying customers and having that that on a monthly basis the worst where do i start the worst probably was a whole visa mess last year oh, really uh so we had to go back to india to renew our visas and stuff we lost probably 5 months last year sorting out the visa issues and we lost a lot a lot of business already we had no cash and we had to redo the thing again you know visa fees and stuff they're quite expensive plus the travel cost and in general the entire disruption that it had caused at one time we were really close to shut down the business because we we were not certain what's you know what's going to happen with the whole visa situation and it it came out of nowhere so probably that was the most challenging time um, how did you get through it like what was the what was the kind of point where you were like no we can you know we can do this we pro- we just went through you know we a lot of people helped us you know people from that west all over christina they helped us uh, get through that you know what if this happens and we don't get through then there's a secondary option uh, you know even people from cs program they helped us out a lot i i still know every single clause of the entire visa guideline thing it's like a wow <laughs> 30 30 40 page document uh, probably i've read it hundreds of hundreds of times apart from that uh, the worst moments probably uh, it, it's like development issues you know you're you're trying to build something and it's failing it's it's really frustrating especially like we had a couple of client meetings where the demos just crashed uh, really early on um, so it's like you you just you just don't you you just don't know what to do yeah those were kind of the worst moments but that's kind of behind it it was a big learning curve when you go through it you're like you know i can be up for any challenge i want from here on because whatever wrong could happen last year happened <laughs> uh, and we kind of overcame that uh when we came back we were like okay we've lost 5 months how do you bounce back because it doesn't make sense to keep waiting for the conversations you're having with you know customers that's when the whole online shopping thing started to take the idea to start to take shape at that time as a way of bouncing back 
from the setbacks setbacks that we had. So increase your reach, reach more people, more markets. Yeah. Those five months probably we had a lot of rethinking about what's the problem here. It's it's not the technology itself or the products not market fit or anything like that. That was all validated. We had paying customers, but the problem was speed and scalability and that wouldn't be achieved unless people have access to the hardware uh, which is out of our hands you know so if if you design an app and people don't have mobile phone to use it it's you know it's useless yeah it's useless so that that was a challenge and that's how we went back and you know okay we've got this technology and anyway we were going to venture into augmented reality with this later on let's fast track that because we've already built the tech and there's a clear use case and a clear market gap here which we are seeing uh, and we are already ahead of our competitors in terms of technology uh, and scalability because uh, the stuff that's required to build it we've already done that so it it was never a case of you know this didn't work out so let's we already have this thing and let's find a new market so that this technology fits in that having the ar aspect was always in the plan but at a later stage because we eventually we the way we thought of the whole thing was to complete that customer journey from VR. So once the VR thing is done, how do you get the VR thing into the physical world? So the idea around that was still when when we thought about it was around architecture. So we kind of fast tracked that, and while developing that idea, we thought like you know why not implement this in online shopping, which is you know a much bigger market it's almost by accelerating yeah. at that point you've opened yourself up to a yeah. market and and now you know we we are not just targeting say furniture companies or businesses related to architecture it's just opened up so many industries with the virtual try on thing so we we're targeting accessories people who make accessories like companies that sell sunglasses shoes shoes yeah shoes yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's that that's what the tech is like it's scalable by nature so it doesn't matter what product you want to try on it just supports everything amazing so you said like one of the highlights was you know, coming to brighton and setting up in brighton so tell me why it was so exciting to start this in brighton for you we 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 did a study around which city we should base out and we we had zero down on Milton Keynes and Brighton one of the uh we wanted something to be closer to london um uh, because that that's what our main market is and we zeroed down on these two cities but brighton has a really good ecosystem uh regarding the talent we would look for in the future you know to grow our team as in the right kind of digital artists we need and it's closer to london so you get a lot of marketing and company uh management team from that side of that side of the town you have really you know good universities around brighton and the gaming scene here which is the primary technology that we use is quite well, well established so that's why we chose brighton and it, it's worked out quite well for us so far basically it's really close to london it's close to gatwick airport it really comes alive in the summer as well so it's like in the summer you you feel like you're on a constant holiday do you think there are any downsides about being in brighton probably raising investment mm-hmm. i think there's not that ecosystems here where 
you are exposed to say venture capital or the kind of businesses we need to scale up so that's what that's what's lacking here that's definitely something we've heard from a number of founders yeah, yeah. there are not many compared to london because we've been on some scale up programs in london where they have like investor showcase days and stuff and even the vc scene here is not as vibrant as london so um, non-existent as well <laughs> yeah because yeah. i don't think we had any conversations here with any because we are raising right now um so all of the conversations we are having are mostly around london so i think that that's what is lacking here so here's an interesting question that i've been wanting to ask you so what's the principle that you live by whether it's your personal or business principle that is driving your success i think it's uh perseverance i was hoping you'd say that that's, that's, <laughs> all, that's one thing i've noticed about you <laughs> carry Thank on you. uh because because i've been doing this for such a long time and i i don't i don't know what else i would do without it so probably that's what drives me because i'm not thinking you know no there's not a single day where i go into this thinking you know i'm just doing a job or something it's always like you know i'm creating something really amazing here so that's how things get evolved and uh you have that inner excitement in you no matter what challenge comes you, you always know there's a bigger picture here which most of the time doesn't work out but you you still know there's a bigger picture here and when you get setbacks you overcome that you are you you kind of achieve that you know so two years ago i was thinking you know we achieved this now we we ahead because you learn so many things and you know basically just never give up but it shouldn't be like delusion as well you you should know where to stop or how not to approach certain things so you should have a reality check as well one thing i do is have constant feedback from people around me it's not that i listen to them every time it's just because i know sometimes like it is a new technology people wouldn't know how they're going to use it but that's so important because at the end of the day uh, you're building something for the average user to use so you you can't keep building things for yourself so that is the other thing that drives me just getting that human feedback constantly and probably that's what is making our technology like better and you know scaling in a scale up phase probably every 6 months good answer so last question what are you most excited about right now quite excited about our platform right now and we've got some fantastic traction Uh, is that excited about getting out to customers yeah excited about getting out to customers uh we recently increased our distribution to facebook and instagram which is quite big so i'm excited about that as well and who knows we might come up with a completely different model based around this because it's involving constantly and we're getting the most important thing which is paying customers for a new technology that that's quite hard hard to achieve like anyone who develops a completely disruptive technology knows like how difficult it is for an average user to use that in their daily lives so that's like a big personal satisfaction that people see value in this and something that they're not going to use as a novelty but basically changing shopping habits so if we kind of achieve that then that that's what i'm quite excited about and we we are kind of on the path to do that 
it's a big goal and it's very it's very very exciting yeah yeah, yeah. so we we're kind of really looking forward to this excellent well thanks very much actually it's been enlightening and yeah good luck you've been listening to the brighton startup podcast be sure to check us out at brightonstartup.com and join us next week for another episode as we continue to discover Brighton's most exciting startups and the people behind them. Thank you.